Hello, I'm Khalil. And I'm Karat. Welcome to Stern Chats. Today we'll be talking about Stern Speaks, a program here at Stern where MBA students share personal stories with a large audience of their classmates. This program looked very different during the pandemic and has been a true highlight of the Stern community and culture. It's been in person this past year. Some current students took the initiative to bring it back and a few brave volunteers signed up to speak first. Today we'll hear about the program, why they wanted to bring it back in person, and how it felt sharing personal stories. We'll also explore what Stern Speaks means to the Stern community and share some encouragement for future students who might want to participate in this amazing program. Let's dive in. First, we'll speak to the duo MBA1 and MBA2 who spearheaded the effort to bring it back. We have MBA2 Hillary Bush and MBA1 Jane Kennedy who led that charge. Hillary, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So first off, I'm just so happy to be here and thanks for having me. My name is Hillary Bush. I'm a second year MBA, at least for the next 10 days before graduation. And they they forced me out of this institution I've, I've grown to love. Before coming to Stern, I was working at startups out in California and have spent my two years here just getting really deep in the entrepreneurial community. And I've actually started a business during business school, so um, have used it towards towards that purpose. But um, I've also been involved with Stern Speaks, obviously, and and have really loved the experience. So I've also been able to work on Stern Speaks with Jane, um, who's been an awesome person to collaborate with on this. Thanks, Hillary. And this is actually a really sweet full circle moment because Hillary is the reason that I came to Stern. I talked to her when I was making my decision and she was the one who made it easy. So really excited that we get to memorialize this on a podcast forever. That's very kind. (laughs) But before Stern, I was working in criminal justice reform at a startup in Washington, D.C., and came to Stern to move into consulting, which is what I'll be doing this summer. And depending on how the summer goes, we'll probably be doing it after I graduate as well. This year, I've been involved in the MCA, and it's really just been such an honor to be part of Stern Speaks and help bring this program back to life with Hillary and quite a few other amazing people. Before we get too deep into it, what is Stern Speaks? How do we define it? Yeah, I'm happy to to jump in here. So Stern Speaks is at its core, um, it's a speaker event where members of the Stern community come and we gather together and we get to hear people's stories. And usually during the MBA program in class, in clubs, there sometimes isn't a ton of space for more personal connection. And so Stern Speaks is a way for us to create space for that. And I actually remember hearing about Stern Speaks when I was doing my on-campus tour before the pandemic, when I was applying to business school programs, and people always talked about how much of a cornerstone it was to their experience and how nice it is to have space to get to know people in a different way um, that's not necessarily business-related or about a group project or about career goals. And so it's a really amazing event, and at its core, it's about getting people together and and helping people understand each other on a more personal note. Yeah, I think at business school, especially a lot of the questions are like, what do you do? Or what did you do? Or what did you want to do? Versus who are you? And I think that's what Stern Speaks does is it allows us to ask that question and really give someone the space to share that answer to the question. So how did the pandemic affect this program? And what inspired you to bring it back? 
as with so many things during the pandemic, Zoom school just forced a change of format from everything from classes to orientation to interviews and obviously Stern Speaks. And so it's the kind of event that really shines through when you're in person. We had some amazing speakers went on Zoom, um, but when we had the opportunity to bring it back into IRL in the classroom, we jumped at it. And I think one of the important conversations in in my kind of involvement in bringing it back was actually with Rich Hendler, who's the business law professor who's been at Stern for so long. And he was telling me about Stern Speaks, and it reminded me of when I heard about it during my on-campus interview process. It just felt like something that would really complete the experience and that I personally craved, and I just assumed that other people would crave it. And um, we decided to, you know, as with so many things coming back onto campus, to go through that process of reinvention and, and rebuilding, and so decided to get a group together and and make it happen. Jane, I would love to hear your perspective on it coming in as a, as a first year MBA. Yeah, I had honestly no idea what Stern Speaks was, but when you reached out to me about getting it going again, it just made so much sense because I feel like in my experience of the last year of school, the best memories I have and the best moments that I've had were those personal, deep conversations with someone where I learned something about them that I hadn't heard in the classroom or found another place of connection that maybe we wouldn't have found if we were, you know, in in a different situation um, or working on a group project or something. And so knowing how rich and beautiful those conversations were, it just made so much sense that investing in a program like this where we can um, amplify stories and experiences of people Um, in our class because i mean people at stern every single person at stern could do a stern speaks talk and i really believe that i know we're maybe going to talk about that later but i really think every single person i've met could give a captivating 30-minute talk and so i just couldn't say no to this opportunity to share some of those stories and i'm really excited about doing it next year and keeping it going And Jane, kind of following up, I know you're going to be taking the reins, you and a few of the other rising MBA too. So can you talk about what you think is going to be next year? Yeah, well, I think it was interesting when Hillary reached out and was trying to put together a team of people to do this, because for many of us, we had no idea what this was. We just kind of had this idea that it's, it's beautiful to hear people's stories. And so it, it couldn't be a bad event, but much like she was talking about with those first few events, it was just um, incredible to see so many people together and sharing stories and sharing stories that, you know, you, you don't hear at a happy hour or during, during a class as you're discussing cases. So I think we have a lot of energy and enthusiasm in our class to keep this going. I mean, ideally I'd love to do one of these every other week or so, just because there are so many stories that that can be shared. And um, yeah, really excited to be working with such a great team to to continue to grow this program next year. We've touched on this a little bit, but for both of you, and and maybe we'll start with Jane, um, do you want to get a little bit more into how it's felt kind of watching the program um, come back to life, so to speak, or maybe more more accurately kind of return to, to form? Yes. I'm interested to hear what you have to say too, Hillary, because I think that for me, the biggest surprise and I think the biggest gift in the whole event is how much work it takes to get up in front of people and share your story, not just writing a 30-minute talk, which is 
an endeavor in itself, but actually opening up and being vulnerable to a room filled with people. We've had 90 plus people registered for all these events. And some of them are friends of the speakers, but many of the people don't you know, know them as well, or maybe they're in their block or something. And so I think I have felt really encouraged by the courage of my classmates just stepping up and speaking about really personal things. I think it's made me feel a lot closer to my classmates and as crazy as, you know, booking rooms and getting things on campus groups and all those fun events things are, I think the work of this is so immediately rewarding the moment that that speaker starts to share their story. And I think that's what's keeping us going and and really energizing us into the next year. I think that's a great perspective, Jane. One of the reasons I came to business school was for the personal experience. And I don't think that's something that people really talk about because it feels so impractical and it's hard to measure ROI and that kind of stuff. But my dad went to business school and his friends today are from his experience. And I really feel like I was raised by him and his classmates in a lot of ways. And so choosing Stern was really an effort in trying to create that for myself. And the pandemic made it a lot harder just to meet people. And I think when you're talking to people in person, you can see the way they breathe. You can see what they're excited about. You can see what they're apprehensive about. And it's this whole communication layer that gets lost over Zoom. And it's this layer of getting to know someone that just really accelerates that relationship building process. And so being able to bring it back in person during the second year of the MBA felt like I was getting part of that experience that I really craved when I was applying to business school before the pandemic even started, I had chosen Stern. And so that felt like um, I was getting more of a complete experience personally. And it was also really inspiring to, like Jane was saying, like really hear people's stories. And even if you are in class with these folks and you're on Zooms and you're casing with them, But even if you're doing all of those things with them, it's easy to forget that they have past lives because you're in such an intense shared experience during business school. And so hearing the depth and the thoughtfulness that people brought and their circuitous or direct paths to business school um, is just a really nice reminder that there's so many layers to people. And it made me at least um, be more present in each of the conversations I had after that and ask different types of questions than I would at a typical happy hour. So it's no longer, what are you doing this summer? What are you doing post-grad? It's more about how do we actually build this relationship? And I think being able to be a part of the group that infused that back into the experience was was really nice and something I'm, I'm personally super proud of and, and happy to be a part of. So it's been great to hear about Stern Speaks as a program, but I don't want to forget about the speakers themselves. So what was the process in going through and picking the first few speakers to participate, especially as this was transitioning in person? Yeah, I think that was something we thought a lot about, and it was a very kind of, I think, careful and reflective process because on one hand, we wanted to Um, bring people into the event. And so we wanted to bring in people who we felt like um, had really made an impact on Stern as as a school. But on the other hand, we also wanted to set the precedent that this isn't just a program for people who are out there and out in front all the time. We really want Stern Speaks to be an opportunity for anyone to get up and speak. And so that was kind of the balance we were trying to strike, I think, with those first few speakers. And 
I think we did it very well. I think our first four speakers were phenomenal and told very different stories. And um, yeah, I thought the stories were captivating. Hillary, I don't know what, what else we were thinking about as we were going through that. I think that's so well put, Jane. It's so many people have great stories. And so we're in this very privileged position of having so many to choose from, which requires a lot of thought and care. Because what we don't want to do is to compare people or make people feel like they don't deserve to be up there for any any reason. And like I was saying before, this is this was really an effort in rebuilding and reinvention. And so the early speakers, obviously, they were part of the event and they were also setting a tone of what the event is. We see ourselves as kind of the architects around it but the actual content and beauty of the event is really in the story. So we sought to choose people that understood that and would be thoughtful about it and authentic and, and put effort in and kind of set a really high bar, not, not to say the quality of their story isn't high or low, but really put thought and care in how they show up and, and how they want to tell their own story. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to be here today. And thank you so much for the work you've done safeguarding and, and really reviving this really important part of the Stern experience. Thanks for having us. That was so much fun. Thanks so much, Khalil and Karat. Uh, I'm excited for everybody to hear more about speakers. And to that point, let's turn to them. Gordon, do you mind starting us off? Yeah, thanks, Khalil, for having me here. Um, hi, everyone. My name's Gordon. I'm current MBA2. I'm from Taipei, Taiwan. Previous to Stern, I was working in luxury retail brands like Cartier. And then my goal to do the MBA was to pivot into more tech or more management and retail. And um, after interning at Amazon, I got a little experience of the big tech and happy to say that I'll be going back into retail to H&M, but in a more leadership and innovation kind of role. And the thing I love most about Stern was Stern Follies, getting to um, perform Hamilton. That's awesome. Peter, why don't you jump in next? Sure. Uh, My name is Peter Xavier. I'm a first year at Stern. Um, Prior to business school, I worked in tech at a couple of different uh, companies and startups, Uh, then went to law school, became a lawyer, and I worked in voting rights. Um, and I'm this summer, I'll be going to McKinsey as a generalist. And uh, I'm just generally interested in social justice and social impact work. So hopefully I can do some of that work in the future. Amazing. Shruti, how about you? Hi, um, I'm Shruti Nanda. I am an MBA too, graduating in a few days. Pre-Stern, I worked mainly in corporate finance and tech. Um, came to Stern and was so unsure about what I wanted to do ended up going the consulting route. I will also be at McKinsey full-time with Peter um, in the New York office, um, hoping to focus in on climate change work as much as I can. So Peter, hopefully we can be working together on that. Um, At Stern, uh, a few of the things that I was really passionate about was Stern Women in Business and um, the Management Consulting Association. Amazing. Let's dive right in. So I think one of the first things that I'd love to to hear a little bit more about, um, knowing how vulnerable the Stern Speaks experience kind of asks its its speakers to be, why did you do it? Like, why did you choose to speak? And then how did you feel when you were asked to do so? Um, Shruti, I'd love to, to kind of hear from you first. 
Yeah. So giving a little background, I was the first person that was asked to do this like revival in person, Stern Speaks. And the reason why I decided to say yes was at first I was a little scared and extremely like grateful, but extremely scared. And so I decided to say yes, because as I actually started thinking about it, one of the things about the Stern community that I really loved was the ability to get really deep and vulnerable and messy with the people that I had been able to form those friendships with. And one thing that I really wanted that I think COVID kind of didn't allow for was to be able to have that deep, vulnerable, messy with people who I didn't naturally gravitate towards. And these people that were sitting in this room who I really didn't know very well, so many of them I didn't know, I felt like I was able to build community with them in this way. And it was really beautiful. Peter, why don't you jump in next? Yeah, so for me, Stern Speaks was actually a way to push myself. Because when I first got the invitation, my instinct was to say, you know, why me? Like, I... I want to hear other people's stories. I don't want to share my own story. My instinct is just to, to listen and to hear what other people have to say. But when I thought about it, I realized, well, if other people have a story that's worth sharing, then maybe I do too. And I decided to just go ahead and do it. And I spoke to Nadia, who's uh, in my block and a member of, of the board of Stern Speaks, uh, and who initially invited me. And um, I asked her just kind of, why was I chosen? Um, and as she described the board's thought process and um, their desire to know specifically why I went from law to business, I realized that there might be something um, kind of specific that I could speak to. And then from there, and that was part of my process of building out my, my narrative. Um, but it was really a way to uh, step outside of my comfort zone a little bit and challenge my expectations and to say that, you know, this is something that I can actually contribute. And I'll pop corn to Gordon. Yeah, so actually the, the reason why I chose to do Stern Speaks is actually, it's, it was a very interesting timing because basically during over winter break, I had started my coming out process, which was a very difficult and also vulnerable time for me in my life. And at that time, I was sharing it only with close friends on a one-on-one -on -one scenario. So Bar Tenenbaum, she um, asked me to if, she, if I would want to share my story on Stern Speaks. And initially, I said no because it was such a like, personal and sensitive topic. And I, wasn't, I didn't have the confidence enough to speak in front of public about my coming out story. But as... Um, Maybe after a few weeks progressed, I started feeling more, um, a little more comfortable. And I thought to myself, personally, for me as an Asian, if I, if I, I knew how hard it is to come out as an Asian these days, and if I had heard someone else talk about their story, it would definitely help me a lot to not feel alone. And so I, and then so I said to myself, I wanted to use this platform to share my story to more people in hopes to help other people or classmates or the whole NYU Stern community if anyone was struggling or felt they were alone in this scenario that they're not alone and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So um, it was a great way to um, 
just motivate and help other people and in this in the best way I can, which is through public speaking. So um, it was a very interesting transition of my coming out journey from talking to people one on one to like 90 people. Wow, that's amazing. And you know what that actually brings to to the forefront something that that Peter kind of touched on and Gordon, I thank you so much for kind of going deeper on which is how and why you chose the, the topic that you did for your session. Um, so to circle back briefly to go a little deeper with Peter, you know, I think you, you mentioned that this idea of your transition from law to business was something that, that maybe sparked a potential narrative in your mind. Where did you take it from there? So I, uh, at the time that I was invited to do certain speaks, I, actually, I had actually signed up for another program called the Leadership Storytelling Summit at Stern. It's this two-day workshop where you're taught how to tell a personal narrative and how to structure it in a way that's compelling to an audience. So I went to the workshop um, and the night before they emailed us and said, please come ready with a 90 second story about a challenge you faced. And so I decided going into it that I would talk about my career journey and my path to realizing that I really want to do work that's related to history. And it's a, it's a long story. It's a story that I told through Stern Speaks, um, but I structured that story and delivered it at the end of the first day and got a lot of positive feedback. Students really resonated with it and thought that this is something, this is something they wanted to hear more of. So when I went into my conversation with Nadia about what I would speak about with my actual Stern Speaks, I said, you know, here, I'm thinking about talking about this career journey what do you think of this? And that's when she told me um, that people were particularly interested in hearing about my transition from law to business. And from there, we just went back and forth. We hashed out a couple of ideas that I could, that could flesh out my kind of broader story. And from there, I felt like I had something to work with. I had the structure from the Leadership Storytelling Summit. I had some feedback from the Stern Speaks Board about what people want to hear. And then from there, it was just a question of writing and, and being more specific about what I wanted to say. That's awesome. It kind of makes me curious to hear that. And Shruti, I know you went not necessarily in such a professional direction with with your your Stern Speaks experience. Um, so I'm wondering how much of what Peter shared resonates with you and what maybe kind of you felt you experienced differently. Yeah. So what actually really struck me when I was listening to you, Peter, is that I think we have different processes for how our brains work when we're processing information. And it's so interesting to see the differences. So when I was going through, um, you had a lot of, I guess, Peter, you had a lot of like discussions with other people, like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what, how do you feel about this? And kind of having it be this iterative process. My process was, I think, much more introspective um, and much more solo um, in the way that I did create the content that I was thinking about about talking through. Um, so initially when Hillary had asked me to do Stern Speaks, I wasn't sure what I wanted to talk about. So the next day I actually had therapy and <laughs> I was talking about this with my therapist and I was like, wait, what have I really been speaking about in therapy that I'm working through right now? And how has that related to my CERN experience? And a lot of what I'd been speaking about in therapy in relation to my CERN experience was actually processing generational trauma and how that had affected how I approached the last two years of my life. 
So I went back to Hillary and I was like, this is kind of out of left field. Like it's not related to Stern specifically, but it's very related to something messy that I'm dealing with. And that obviously is affecting how I'm approaching my Stern experience. So I actually think it's something that is I really want to share. One, because it does relate to how I'm approaching this part of my life. And two, because kind of like Gordon was saying with his coming out journey, when I was thinking about speaking about generational trauma, I hoped that I know my experience isn't particularly unique. I hope that it would resonate with other people as well. So kind of having that layout and like getting Hillary's buy off of this idea in general was okay. I then kind of went through and really just sat in a coffee shop by myself for like six hours and wrote out what I wanted to say. I didn't want to feel like I was dialing back what I was going to say and how vulnerable I was going to be and how messy I was going to be in it because I was worried about how the Stern community would react. For me, being able to kind of go through this iterative kind of like process in my brain was not as structured as Peter, but much more, I guess, authentic to me. But I'm actually really curious as to see like whether Gordon, what your process was too. Yeah, so I will say my process was, um, it was also with the same classmate who had asked me, which was Barr. And basically, I, since this was such a personal story, I wanted to sort of perfect it from like a close classmate's perspective. So it's as objective as possible. She just helped me make sure that it sounded genuine. And because as an Asian, there's so much like expectations and struggles that we deal with that maybe a lot of people don't know about. So she wanted me to make sure that I speak about the specific moments in my life that I felt I couldn't be who I wanted to be so that people know more about the details. Awesome. Thank you. So a common theme that I think I'm starting to hear is in your own ways, how everybody centered the, the idea of connection I think, and I'm also hearing a lot of different approaches, but ultimately uh, similar goals of authenticity. Trying to put yourself back into what it felt like the moment that you kind of said your last word and, and the audience finished clapping. How did it feel, you know, sharing such personal experiences in front of large audiences? And why don't we go ahead and start with Peter? First of all, delivering the talk was something that I, I just didn't know how it was going to go. And... So when I, by the time I finished, I was just happy that it went well. And um, I'd gotten some feedback during the, the talk from people that seemed like they were really, they just, they really liked what I was saying. But right after there was a pause, someone asked whether there'd be any questions and there were no questions for a little bit. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, uh, but after a, a while, uh, someone rose their hand and what followed were some really good questions and people asking questions that showed that they had really taken in what I was saying. And were just curious to learn about, you know, how I made a certain decision or one person asked me if I had any regrets because I'd made decisions that some were better than others. Um, and I felt like once I'd gotten those questions that my message had come across because I spent a lot of time writing and I wasn't really sure how it was going to go. I could tell from feedback that people had heard what I was trying to say and were just trying to process and understand it. And that made it easier to feel, you know, happy that I had opened up to a group of people, some of whom I knew personally, some of whom I didn't, 
some who were in person and some were sort of these anonymous faces who had logged in on Zoom. And it just was really gratifying. So by the time the questions ended, I felt um, glad that I had you know, put myself out there, stepped a little bit outside of my comfort zone, talked about myself in front of a crowd, which I never do, and shared a, a story of mine that meant something to me and that seemed to mean something to the audience too. It really only takes that first question. Like you just need one person to to get the ball rolling and then everybody seems to jump in and you see it all the time in classrooms. So it's funny to hear how, I guess that's just like a human response. Gordon, I know that you obviously went very personal with kind of the, the story you chose to share and, and the parts of yourself you chose to open up to others. You've spoken a little bit about it, but if you want to go deeper, you know, what did that feel like uh, once it was all said and done? I felt empowered by the end of the speech to be able to speak about a subject so proudly with, with other people and a subject that I was afraid to speak about or even or, or let people even find out about it for 10 years. So I was in, even I was in, I'm in New York. I'm a, I've been in New York for 11 years. And in the 10 years, I've been sort of closeted hiding it from anybody. And so to be able to speak about it, it's just now I'm more unafraid. And um, that fear of, of worrying what other people will think of me is now gone. I love that. Shruti, how much of, of either of those kind of two responses do you feel resonated with you? Um, and also, what did it feel like going first? Both resonated. <laughs> Peter, I agree that like being able to have that time for the questions just helped like it sink into me that what I was saying, one, made sense and two, actually did resonate with others in the room. And Gordon, like, the idea of this is something that I can speak about and I don't have to be so scared about speaking about it felt so empowering. So going first was really tough because I didn't know what to expect, right? Like I'd only seen Stern Speaks on Zoom when it isn't as easy to read the room and there's people who are sitting there and it's it was a beautiful thing hearing Stern Speaks on Zoom, but it I think for the speakers, it created this barrier between speaker and audience. And so I don't think I realized how nervous I was to, to kind of like be in that room until I got up there and I was like shaking and I'm, I don't, I'm not scared of public speaking, but I was like shaking. Cause I'm like, I'm about to literally like lay my guts out on something that has been extremely like difficult for me to process processing generational trauma and how it's affected my life and how I make decisions has been not just difficult for me to process, but it's been, it was something that was like, I almost shamed myself for. I'm like, wow, this is a weird thing for me to feel. And now I'm going to share all of this with this huge group. So when I finished my speech and I was just sitting there, one, I had been crying because I'm a crier, <laughs> but I looked out into the crowd and I was like filled with this overwhelming sense of just like joy and connection and it was just so human and so raw. And I'm getting like, I know I'm being so sappy about this, but like it is a sappy thing. Like that moment of human connection was just like so real. <laughs> no, that's incredible. I love that. Share your truth. And, you know, I can only speak from the audience side, but yeah, it's that there is something 
ethereal but really 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 potent and poignant around watching people you've seen be you know their LinkedIn selves, their classroom selves, their extracurricular selves, just open up a completely different side of their story. Something I've been ruminating on um, as we've been having these conversations about the the revival of, of the in-person Stern Speaks is what this program says about, you know, the NYU Stern MBA community. I did not know a lot about it coming into to my MBA experience. Um, it, it kind of blindsided me. And so I know I've definitely felt very strongly about what it means and how it's made me feel to be, you know, part of this this family of, of MBA students. Um, but I'd love to hear from each of you kind of what you think it, it shows or tells or illustrates about the way we show up for each other. Gordon, do you mind kind of kicking us off? Yes, Khalil. So I think this platform was sort of a perfect embodiment of the stern change studio brand messaging, where it's dare it, dream it, drive it. And so in, in each of our scenarios, Peter, me, and Shruti, we dared ourselves to speak about a very sensitive or personal topic. And then we dreamt it, we planned it, and we drove it, we changed it. And I think a lot of us come to Stern during MBA, we're figuring out our career, what we want to do. And for me, I'm even figuring out my sexuality and to acknowledge that we're acknowledging the change it's like such a beautiful thing. And to acknowledge it and speak about it shows others that, hey, we're not all perfect. And in fact, during my Stern speech, I said that we are imperfectly perfect. So like, we're all good enough in our own ways and just be yourself. And so I think this platform really showed me that if you wanna change something, you can just change and do it. And I will say the after effects were inspiring to me because I helped another classmate start opening up his coming out journey to his family. And another Asian classmate even said that this um, was very relevant because one of his siblings was also um, LGBTQ and it helped him like understand even more like the struggle. So um, it's just um, a butterfly effect. And so Shruti, what do you think? Yeah. When I think about the Stern community, I think in the general MBA community, I guess I'd heard of Stern Speaks when I was going through my recruitment journey. There was something that like one of the first coffee chats at Stern that I'd had, someone had spoken to me about this. And at the time, I don't think I realized how unique of an experience it was to Stern. But as I started to kind of get more integrated in what the MBA community holistically looks like. Even at Stern, we fall into some of these traps, but I think that often the people who are attracted to this type of a program are those who are like really type A and like, and very like know what they're doing. And from the outside perspective are often perceived as like, oh, that person's got it all figured out. Right. And so when you have a group of people who are like that, a lot of times the communities around it tend to perpetuate that message. I think what we definitely know is that, at least for me as someone who I know I've been perceived as like that, like has it all together person, I know internally at any point I'm like screaming. What I really love <laughs> about this program is that it just showcases that in the Stern community, we not only value 
that really amazing, like, let's celebrate our accomplishments kind of community. But we also really, really value the community of let's talk about the mess and let's talk about what you're screaming internally about. And that is just as respected and just as celebrated. And it's just a really beautiful thing for a community to have. Peter, I'm really curious for you, like in your MBA one year coming into this, like, how does it feel to have done this like now? Because I guess Gordon and I both have had it from the perspective of this is one of our last things that we did to like connect with the MBA community and the Stern community. But yours is kind of like a more of the middle part of your experience. Yeah, I I think the fact that I'm, I did this halfway through my experience made a big difference um, because, you know, I've only had two semesters here. I'm still getting to know a lot of people. I'm sure that'll still be happening because by this time next year, because the MBA is only two years long. Um, but this was one of the first experiences I've had at Stern where I felt like I was part of a community that was just really interested in the deeper conversations. Um, because you know we get to know each other really well. For example, through the Management Consulting Association, a lot of MBA twos were extremely helpful in preparing me for case interviews. They, um, like Shruti, you led the boot camps. Um, a lot of MBA twos did practice cases with me, and without that, I know that I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity that I did at McKinsey. But even that was that was building community through work, and we build community through our group projects and classes. We socialize as much as we can, um, but so much of what we do at in business school is connected to our careers and our classes that Stern Speaks really stood out for me because it was a space where we would just put all that aside for at least an hour and just connect on something else. The turnout was the biggest, was was the first big sign for me. Um, I talked to Nadia in the run up to it and I said, this is like really surprising, 60 or 70 people have RSVP'd. And she said to me, it's actually 90 now. And the fact that that many people were at least curious enough to RSVP for an event meant that there's something people are looking for a connection that's a little bit deeper than just sort of like where are you working or do you want to do this problem set with me so giving my talk getting the questions that I did and then getting feedback from people days afterward um, people approaching me or messaging me on teams saying you know I really like your talk this is what I liked about it. I've been thinking about this other thing that you said that really showed me that there's a community here that um, is about not just careers, not just things that will kind of get us ahead in life or in our in work, but is about really just wanting to get to know each other. I love hearing all of that. I think you've all made some really salient points for me. It, it does spark kind of a follow-up question. Uh, and, you know, I think for me, this, this hits very close to home. Uh, Gordon, obviously, like I, I, I hope it's not out of place for me to say how proud I am of you and, and Shruti, obviously you as well. Like we've known each other for two years now and to see how you both have blossomed and just like totally crushed it has been nothing short of inspirational. And Peter, you might not even remember, but like I vividly remember so many pre-application touch points with you and kind of seeing your face uh, back then, you know, on, on many different Zoom calls and chats and stuff. And so- Yeah, definitely remember. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah it's it's just been nothing sort of just humbling and and genuinely exciting to see to see you guys you know your folks show up and, and crush it 
Um, but the question I, I, I want to follow up, having heard kind of your take on how it impacts the community and what it taught you about this term community is, is what did this experience of putting yourself out here this or out there this way, I should say, what did it teach you about yourself? Gordon, maybe do you mind taking it first? So I think this experience taught me how to really accept myself fully and wholeheartedly and be unapologetic. And actually, when I was coming out, there was a quote from Eat, Pray, Love that was like, balance is not letting anybody love you less than you love yourself. And so, yes, you have to love yourself so much more. And when you accept yourself fully, then only can you become a better leader of tomorrow and you become a more empathetic person. And that's that's EQ too. What a really powerful manifestation of that that EQ piece that I've heard many other journeys admit. Like I think we all come in kind of cynical about it and then we find like, oh no, this very much sits at the heart of what makes our MBA experiences journeys different. Yeah, no, I think EQ is really like just being a love and how you're changing and then how others are changing too. And then just acknowledging the change. Gordon, I love that definition of EQ. Another way I've heard it described was almost like as a counter definition. And so I think a lot of people assume EQ means just like nice, but it's so much more than just like nice, right? Like it's it's not nice necessarily. Like, yes, I'd like to think we're all nice enough, um, but it, it's, it's so much more about that self-awareness, that kind of uh, ability to think critically about yourself and really want to and, and just to be very present and I think actively engage with the people around you. Like that's where I think the EQ really has kicked in in my experience. So Peter, for you, what did this experience uh, of putting yourself out there as a, as a stern speaker, like what did that teach you about yourself? Yeah, I think the most immediate thing was that I really like public speaking. I, I haven't done much of it. Um, my job at a law school like required me to speak about voting rights to community groups. And um, I really liked that, but it was so limited that I didn't know if, I d- it just didn't occur to me that this might be something that I really wanna do. Um, so d- delivering like that talk with Stern Speaks, I spoke for probably like 20 minutes. It's the longest probably I've ever spoken in front of an audience. Um, and then getting that feedback from people on this, that they had heard what I was trying to say just felt great and it's a feeling that i want to have again um so i'm I'm like actively looking for ways to practice public speaking uh, whether it's taking classes doing workshops and it's because of stern speaks that i've you know gotten in touch with that part of myself and i think just feeling more connected to the community i think we all know bits about each other but there's a side of ourselves that we're just too busy to share because we're just very busy people trying to do everything all the time. And um, being able to share part of myself opened up conversations with other people who shared part of themselves. Um, And we were able to just kind of realize like, you know, I thought I knew you pretty well, but you know, I don't know about your childhood or what you went through in your last job or, you know, how you're feeling about this aspect of business school or that other aspect. That experience showed me that sharing part of myself can actually open up conversations with others. And that's something that I'm going to try to do more of. I love that. Shruti, how about you? Yeah, so I think the thing I learned most about myself during this is, and I mean this 
really positively that my experience is so not unique. Um, so, and I love that. <laughs> um, so I, I had shared like a lot of the details of my upbringing and how, again, being an immigrant and growing up in an immigrant household affected me. And kind of to Peter's point earlier about there were so many people who came up to me after the speech or who emailed me where I got coffee with later, where we discussed like this stark similarities between our experiences. And it just made me realize that like so much of my experiences that I was that that were really hard for me to process, I had community that also had to process those. And I didn't feel as alone after sharing that. And so learning that about myself, I'm not unique in that way. And it's beautiful. It's not unique, but what it is is special that we have that community. And I have that community now to share it with. I mean, far be it for me to, uh, to push back on the Shruti Nanda. I think though a word I would argue, you know, it's, that's the thing though, right? Like it is unique. It's just not singular and it's not lonely. And I think that for me, I remember very vividly, you know, I I, I, heard, I felt a lot of similarities and, and your story really resonated with me on, on a lot of levels. Also, obviously coming from uh, someone who grew up in an immigrant household. So, yeah, you know, it's, it, it is unique, right? Every family is unique. Every story is unique. But I definitely felt less lonely. And so it's really cool to hear that that was from both sides of the microphone. Wow, this has been a really amazing conversation to, to be a part of and to listen into. And, and one more time, I just have to thank each of our speakers so much, not just for their time here today, but for the work and, and the effort they're willing to put into their stern speaks. I think one more thing I just want to make sure I, I touch on is, you know, any any interested listeners, um, anyone coming to Stern, any current Sternies, one of the the takeaways I have from this conversation that Stern Speaks really is for everyone, right? Like it is for if you are a Sterney, it is for you. So I hope that all folks interested in, in getting involved know that that they're very welcome to do so. So thank you to each of our speakers. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I really enjoyed, enjoyed this and I hope more people take, take part in Stern Speaks. Yeah, thanks Khalil for having us. I hope any one of you out there will be inspired enough to share your story at Stern as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Khalil, and to Hillary and Jane and everyone else who revitalized Stern Speaks. And because we're graduating so soon and I'm going to be sappy, a big thank you to the Stern community at large for the last two years. It's been amazing. I'll co-sign that. We love you, Stern. And with that, we are already wrapping up seasons 10 and 11 of Stern Chats. Just to set the scene. Khalil and I have just graduated at Yankee Stadium with Taylor Swift at MSG with the CEO of City, and we're sitting in my empty apartment after I've been living here for 12 years, and I'm moving to Austin, Texas to start a new career at Deloitte Consulting. It is a moment of great change. I'm also moving not quite so far. I'm just going uptown to Spanish Harlem, um, but it does feel surreal to be at the end of our personal MBA journey on the cusp of some really exciting new things. So now feels like a great time to reflect, look back, and thank some folks for making the last two years uh, wonderful and this last year at Stern Chats truly unforgettable. It's been a pleasure to cover a wide variety of topics from some that are more sensitive to more personal ones and even professional ones. For me, my favorite episode so far was with Nicole Gallagher on women's leadership at Deloitte, a firm I'm going to, but it was also really helpful to take the tools female leaders are using in the workplace in the now 
and use that as I'm developing into a leader. I love that. I think I had a very special place in my heart for the grief episode that Haley and I tackled. I think that was a conversation that I was really eager to have. And I think for me, it kind of set the tone of what I thought Stern Chats could be this year. Um, but that being said, I do think my personal favorites, anytime we do like a student profile, so a great example is the interview with Nicolette Long. Um, what an awesome way to showcase the unbelievable talent and just fascinating folks who make up the Stern community. Yeah, I love that. And I love the embarrassing Valentine's Day special episode. <laughs> Even though I was on it, John did not want to do it. But here we are. Um, so yes, I, I love the personal side. And I love that we were able to get sensitive, as you said, with grief, veterans, other experiences that make up this stern community and really showcase who we are as people, not just robots that are really focused on fixing our careers or promoting our professional selves. Yeah, no, I totally agree. We're so much more than our resumes. I think Stern Chats did a great job this year of highlighting that truth. Um, so with all that said, um, one more time, a big thank you to the entire team and an enormous thank you to our audience. We do it all for you and we hope you folks enjoy it. Take care and have a wonderful summer. Bye-bye. Bye. Everybody. This is Jenny Evanson, the outgoing president of Stern Chats. I wanted to pop in here to acknowledge all of the team members who helped put the show together this past year. A lot goes on behind the scenes, and I'm truly grateful for everyone who has contributed to the show. First, thank you to the NYU Stern School of Business, the Office of Student Engagement, our faculty advisor, Professor Nate Pettit, and the studio at Stern Team for supporting this creative outlet and letting us share the hidden stories between the lines of someone's resume. Thank you to Bar Tenenbaum, who, as the executive producer, led the creative vision and carved out space for some really interesting stories in seasons 10 and 11. Thank you to the rest of our wonderful production team who uncovered and crafted the stories you hear on the show. Bar, Haley Wilcox, Samantha Miller, Heather Rosen, and Mark Ryan. Thank you to our hosts, Bar and Haley, Muyesara Dudich, Matt Givner, Ashley Jefferson, Charlotte Casimir, Karat Khan, Khalil Romain, and Niha Tumala, who each brought their own unique flair to the show and used that IQ plus EQ that Stern is known for to carefully guide our guests through interviews. Thank you to our post-production team, Suhan Chung, Andrew Kim, Anisha Varma, Karen Chu, and PJ Waderka for supporting the more technical side of the show and ensuring it's delivered in the best way possible. Thank you to our operations team, Andrew Reiner, Zach Bodie, and Eric Osterman, for connecting all of the dots behind the scenes and making sure everything is running smoothly. Thank you to our marketing team, Allison Bradley, Ariana Dial, Andrea Castillo, and Cameron Murphy for finding creative ways to share the show with our audience. And lastly, thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in to Stern Chats. We appreciate you coming on these adventures with us, and we'll talk to you next season. Bye.